hope you enjoyed the new declaration. Um, I thought we'd mix things up a little bit this evening because um, I want to just share a bit about uh, our vision uh, and really what the sort of environment we're looking to build uh, around our Sunday evening uh, meetings and as we come together each week and, and gather together to worship and uh, enjoy God. And um, I thought it'd be great once I've shared for us to go back into worship and uh, just really press in for more of him uh, together. So that's what we're, well, we're going to be doing. Um, I was looking forward to using that new declaration. Um, I'd been thinking for a while, we need one about God's goodness. And uh, Pete was talking about it a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, I've just got to write it. And uh, that line about just taking the limit off how much of his goodness uh, we can experience. It was something Emily and I did actually last year, towards the end of last year. We were just chatting uh, one day and uh, just felt led to do that. And uh, both of us, we just prayed and we just said, God, we take the limit off how much of your goodness we can experience in our lives. And it was a powerful moment and uh, some things began to shift on the back of it. But it just kind of made me realize, actually, you know, his, his, his goodness can be abundant, um, but I can be the limiting factor. Um, and I don't want to be. I don't want to put any limits on it. Um, you know, it's possible even to limit, um, you know... To limit how much you can receive. Um, you know, if you think how much somebody could give you before you start to get embarrassed. <laughs> how much, we've all got a limit somewhere. Uh, it might be a hundred pounds, it might be a thousand pounds, it might be a million pounds. Uh, how much could you receive before you get embarrassed and actually start to pull away and say, I can't receive that. And uh, it's taking that limit off so that we can experience uh, all that he's all that he's got for us and that's true individually and that's also true corporately uh something we want to do corporately just lift the lid uh, and let god do uh, all that he uh all that he wants to do among us um so this evening i want to share as i say about what we're building here and what we're building week by week as we gather together um we, we launched our Sunday evening meetings just over uh, two years ago. Um, at that time, prior to that, we just had a Sunday morning meeting. Uh, we'd moved into Eastgate, into this building, and Pete uh, came to Emily and I and said, would you help us get a Sunday evening meeting started? Um, and that's what we, what we did. And um, our heart when we did that was really, we wanted to create, you know, Eastgate, we're all about the presence of God. We're all about... Uh, knowing more of him and seeing more and more of heaven on earth as he does what only he can do. And we want to create environment, an environment uh, in which we just see more and more uh, of God's presence and therefore more and more of his activity uh, and heaven coming to earth. And so that's what we set out to do. I think it was around that time Pete had been reading about Azusa Street uh, and the revival that was go- had, had happened out in Azusa Street. And that was we were hungry to see more. We were hungry to press in for more of the presence of God and the activity of God in this environment. And our corporate gatherings, as I said on the announcement, our corporate gatherings are a really important part of that. Our Sunday mornings, we now obviously have two morning meetings uh, as well as our evening meetings. So we've now got three uh, meetings on a Sunday. And, um, you know, the time where we come together corporately to enjoy God, to press in, to worship him you know they're they're important times in terms of just adding to the momentum of all that's going on in our environment as we have that united pursuit 
for the presence of God. And that's what we we're, we're wanting to create in this environment. That's what we have created and we're wanting to develop even more. That as we come together, that we're pressing in more and more for, for more of him. You see, because God has always wanted a people for himself and a dwelling place for his presence. If you look through scripture, if you look through the Bible, you see right from the beginning that God has always hungered after a people and a place where his presence can dwell. Quick scan through church history. If you go right back to the beginning, created Adam and Eve. Why did he do that? The God who is everything, who has everything, created people, created men and women who he could walk with, who he could talk with, who he could know, who he could transform the world with, could transform creation with. He gave them a mandate to subdue the earth, to bring God's will into all of the corners of the earth. And he gave them a place, Eden, where they could dwell with him and where he could come and dwell with them. And you see that tracking throughout scripture as you go on from Eden. We all know what happened next. But even that didn't stop God's pursuit of a people who were his and a place where his presence could dwell and where his glory could be released. And he was looking for people who would follow him, people who would trust him, people who would pursue him. The next, we have the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Men who got hold of a promise, who got hold of God, who caught his heart and who pursued him with their lives. He was looking for a people that he could call his own. And then we move into the Exodus as the people of Israel grew and finally were able to form a nation uh, of their own. Again, it was all about a people and his presence. God gave Moses uh, the instructions, the mandate to build a tabernacle, to build a place that his presence could reside. And within the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant. And I love reading about the Ark of the Covenant because it is the presence of God. The presence of God was in that box, in that object, that the God of the universe, as Joaquin calls him, the God of the universe, the God of all creation, resided there his presence was there and i love reading the stories of what happened where the wherever the presence of god went that where the presence of god went things flourished things came alive people were blessed people had victory over their enemies because the presence of god was with them and then we move on to king david who had such a heart and a desire for god's presence That was all he wanted, was the presence of God. And he risked everything to get that, to restore the the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. And he had it in his heart to build a temple where God's presence could reside. And finally, it was his son who was able to do that. He built the temple where the glory of God fell and the glory of God resided. But God wasn't happy with just a building. He wasn't happy with just a place where his presence could be. He wanted a people. 
He wanted a people. And his heart, right from the beginning, has actually been to be united with you and me. To be united with people. To have a people fully restored. That we would become the dwelling place of God. That we would become his dwelling place. That his presence would be in us and reside among us. And that we would get to transform and change the world around us. And that's the period that we're now living in. We're now living in this period called the kingdom. Where the presence of God has come and it's been poured out on all flesh. It's now available to anybody and everybody who wants it. Anybody can have it. And when we make that choice to follow Jesus, to trust in him, actually we get created anew on the inside. We get restored to our full glory, which is as carriers of his presence. Carriers of the God of the universe. The presence of God. That's who we were made to be. Scripture tells us that the kingdom of heaven has been advancing since Jesus arrived. It says since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom is advancing and it's expanding and it's increasing. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. And it increases as we experience and release more and more of the presence of God. As that presence of God residing within us. As we see that, as we become increasingly aware of that and release that into the environments around us. That's how we see this kingdom extended. And so that's what we're seeking to build. Everything we do here at Eastgate is really centered around the presence of God. He's right at the center of it. He's the one that we're coming for. You know, each week when I come here, I love you guys. I love you a lot, but the person I'm coming for is him. The person I want to experience and encounter most is him. And each week when I come, I kind of come with this sense of anticipation, thinking, what are you going to do tonight? What am I going to see tonight? What could happen this evening? God, I just want to, I just want you to be here so thick. I want your presence to be here so much that we see the things that we dream of seeing. (laughs) There have been many highlights for me over the last couple of years, but one of them has got to be the evening uh, when we were, Sasha was sharing on the presence of God. She was sharing about the presence and how to develop a lifestyle, a supernatural lifestyle, kind of living out of presence, presence, love and risk. And uh, Sasha finished sharing. We then went in and showed some testimonies uh, from Randy Clark, um, his website, and uh, testimonies of healing. And they were just amazing stories of people being healed from all sorts of different conditions, significant miracles that were taking place in people's lives, ears opening and blind eyes opening, and people being able to move parts of their body that they couldn't move before. And... uh, you could just tangibly feel that the faith level in the room was just up here. And I, I literally thought, anything is possible right now. Anything is possible. And we began to release healing and began to release words of knowledge. And a number of people, I think there was about half a dozen people who 
said that they'd been healed. And one lady came up, and uh, I think it was migraines that she had been suffering from, headaches. And she came and shared what God was doing, and we were celebrating. And I remember her then saying that she needed a new sternum in her nose. Um, septum, sorry. I, I, not medical. Uh, <laughs> I won't ask what a sternum is. <laughs> sorry? I was in your chest. Actually, that reminds me, during when we were worshipping, this isn't a lie, uh, but I, there was fire on my chest. So if, if there's somebody here who, yeah, you've got a problem with your chest, I just, just release. I just release the fire of God over you right now and uh, just release that over you. Maybe that was a prophetic slip. <laughs> so anyway, she came up and uh, said she needed a new bit in her nose. And... Uh, and we just began to pray for her. And we just began to release a creative miracle. She needed a creative miracle. And as we did that, I think it was Michael and Sasha uh, who were just here and uh, suddenly began to notice that gold dust was just appearing in the, in the air. Gold dust was just manifesting. And as Sasha just pointed that out and let people know what was happening, just the sense of awe in the room just went like this. And uh, the only thing we could do in that moment was worship. It was just incredible. And we went back into worship. And as we did, uh, that was the, it was shortly after that, um, that Kath, Kath Sweetman's ears opened up for 45 minutes uh, in our worship. Uh, Kath, who I believe doesn't have bones in her ears or one ear, I think they're fused together and the other ear uh, doesn't have them. So she can't hear naturally. Um, she came up to me with her hearing aids kind of, that are, I think screwed into her skull, is that right, Chris? Oh, Kath. Oh, sorry, Kath. I didn't realize you were here. So, Kath. Um, and I thought you'd found jewels. I thought, because we sometimes get jewels appearing, or we quite often get jewels and glitter and things. So I thought they were quite big. And I thought, oh, this is, it's a new jewel. You know, we've got something new. And then I looked a bit clear, and Kath said, no, I can't hear, but I can. And she looked at me, and she could hear what I was saying, and she could hear the worship. And uh, for 45 minutes, as we were worshipping, Kaf was able to hear uh, what was happening. What we later discovered, uh, actually talking to Kaf, was I think Kaf had experienced, she'd, she'd just been there receiving and we were releasing and worshipping. And she described it just literally Jesus. She saw Jesus walk up to her and pass through her, pass into her. And it was at that moment that she began to realise something was happening and other people commented that the gold dust that had been there had kind of moved. They'd seen it move. They, they hadn't seen Jesus, but they'd seen the gold dust move. And Kaf was sat around there and seen the gold dust move and pass that way. Which Kaf, with her eyes closed, that's what she was describing. What, later, what also happened uh, immediately after that was there was a gentleman who was sat, I think, behind Kaf, but certainly in that area, who, after the meeting, um, I found out he'd become a Christian. <laughs> That's in the, around the same moment. He'd been going to church for 13 years. It was his first time with us. And uh, he was sat there. We, we hadn't been sharing the gospel in that moment. We weren't particularly going after salvation. And all he said was, um, I just suddenly realized that I was lost, but that God wanted me. No one had said anything. But God came in the room, and that was the result. 
And then we heard over the coming days of other things and other kind of miracles that had happened during the course of that evening. As we created the environment in which God could was attracted and in which the awareness of his presence, you know, often what we're doing is we're not we're not getting him to come because he's already here. We're actually just aligning our hearts with him and actually becoming aware that he's already here and he already wants to do these things. And we just get to release them and we get to partner with him. We get to ride the wave of what he's doing. And that's what I love to do when we're here, not just Sunday evenings, Sunday mornings, in our other meetings, it's catching the wave, not just in our meetings, you know, when you're out in the coffee shops and at work, you know, listening, paying attention, what are you doing? Becoming aware of his presence, noticing and stopping when you sense him, because the things we want to see, we can't do ourselves. (laughs) The things we want to happen around here, we can't do. There's only one person who can do them. That's Jesus. And we want to create an environment in which he loves to dwell. And we have done that. But there's more. And we want to be pressing in for more. I remember the first uh, message, or one of the one of the first messages I preached around our Sunday evening meeting was, the king is here. The king is here. And I just had this picture and, of just Jesus literally just walking in the room. King Jesus walking in the room. And that's what we're, that's what we're wanting. That's what we're seeking. That song, when you walk in the room, everything changes. That's what we want. That's our heart's desire and our pursuit. So what are we building and how do we create that? Well, it starts with worship. It starts with praise. He inhabits the praises of his people. We enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Worship means to kiss. It means to come close. It means to enjoy and know intimacy with him. We love worship. And our worship leaders, our bands do a fantastic job every single week, morning and evening, creating an environment in which we can come and worship and encounter him. And you know, you can't replicate corporate worship at home. You know, you can... Put Bethel music on and soon you'll be able to put Eastgate music on. But you can't, you can't replicate what we get to enjoy together. As we each bring our fire together and pour it on the altar. We come to worship him. We come to praise. We come to create an environment for his presence. I've already been describing. If there was one thing that we're pursuing, if there's one thing that we're here for, if there's one thing that we're doing... It's attracting heaven and being sensitive to what he's doing and responding to that so that he can do the things that only he can do. We want to create an environment in which the activity of God, of God is happening. That's why I loved hearing uh, just before Christmas, Celia uh, and David were sharing on the 29th of November, if you weren't here. And it was just fantastic hearing Celia and David sharing just some of the things that God's been doing, not just through this meeting, but through other activities within Eastgate that they've been part of and other things that God's been doing in their lives. Seeing transformation, seeing them break into new uh, realms of seeing, healing breaking out uh, in David's uh, podiatry practice, just seeing these things happening uh, because God is at work among us. We're creating an environment for his presence. And 
I'd ask for your help with that. You know, that's not just something that one or two people do. But actually, as we come together, as we come hungry, as we come expectant, as we come with that determination to give our all and, and to to step into what he's got for us, as we, as we bring our faith to the party, actually, we create this environment. The other thing is being here ready, being here ready to start. You know, it helps our worship team. It helps the momentum of the whole meeting. If, if we're here and ready to go at 6.30, we don't have to warm up. But like this evening, you know, you just literally light the touch paper and we're ready to go. Because we want to see more of what he's got for us. We also want to create an environment in which we can take risk. I certainly, you know, week by week, I'm looking to step out in faith, believing that God can do more than I've ever seen before. We want to create that environment because we want to see more of heaven on earth. We want to see blind eyes opening. We want to see deaf ears opening. We want to see uh, limbs growing. We want to see these things happening. We want to see lives being transformed, the lost being saved, uh, like the gentleman who got saved just in the midst of worship. It happened last Sunday morning as well. We had somebody saved uh, at our Sunday morning meeting. And that's something we're pressing in for, to see the lost saved, to see people come to know Jesus. Kim Carter, when we were starting out on our Sunday evening meetings, uh, I think one Sunday morning she'd been out for a bike ride. And uh, just notice that actually on Sunday mornings while we're here, uh, the world's busy out there. Uh, They're playing football there, going to kids clubs there, doing all sorts of things. Why would they want to come to church on a Sunday morning? And actually one of the, again, one of the reasons uh, we, we started this was to make ourselves more accessible. You know, those that couldn't come on a Sunday morning, actually Sunday evening, may be a lot more accessible for people to come. So creating an environment in which the lost can come in and the lost can get saved. And an environment of risk. And again, I'd encourage each of you as you come week by week to come with a heart that wants to take risk, that wants to press in for more. And that's owning the environment, that's owning uh, the atmosphere that we're creating. And that doesn't just mean coming to the front and sharing a word. It might be that. But it also means stepping out in worship. Maybe doing something you've never done before. It may mean getting a prophetic word for somebody or a word of knowledge and sharing it with them after the meeting. Doing something you've never done before. You know, we get to practice in this environment the things that we get to do out there. You get to practice with family, and then you get to take it to the world around you. So you can use this as an environment to stretch, to have a go, and to get feedback, and to develop, and to grow. And then take it to the world around you. So it's an environment of worship, of presence, of risk. It's also a place to be equipped You know, what I see our Sunday meetings, morning and evening, is really it's like a giant kind of bonfire. You know, we each get to bring our fire and we just create this huge bonfire. 
that just kind of amplifies all that God's doing. A place where we can celebrate the good things that God's doing, where we get to enjoy more of him. And we also get equipped to become all that God's made us to be and to transform the world around us. That's why we do things like the Heaven in Business evenings and Heaven in Education. Denise uh, shared last year the perspective of a head teacher and what it means to bring kingdom uh, into the workplace. That's why we've got Patrick coming, sharing on the art of self-leadership. It's what we do through our preaching and teaching and why it's such a major priority for us that we're equipping and transforming as to change the world. You know, one of the main ways in which we get to see more of the kingdom is as we renew our mind. As our mind is renewed, as we align our beliefs with what God believes and what he thinks, actually we see more of heaven released on earth. I preached just before Christmas on believing like Jesus. I love that. If you want to be a disciple, don't don't look seek to act like him. Believe like him. Find out what he believed and align yourself with it. Because otherwise you're just trying to do something or be someone you don't believe you are. You're trying to do things you don't believe you can do. As we get our beliefs, as we get our thoughts right, actually we get to see more of heaven on earth. So we're creating an environment in which we get equipped and trained and developed. And we're also creating an environment for creativity to be released. Uh, Julian Adams, who's a prophet who speaks into our environment uh, a couple of years ago, said that there was going to be an explosion of creativity uh, from Eastgate. And he talked about media and arts and creativity and music and business as well. Just this explosion of creativity going out from Eastgate. And that's something that we're pursuing in lots of different ways. But this is a great context for it as well. So I love it week by week as people are dancing and flagging and we've got the musicians. It's great our encounter evenings that Karen Wellspring and the team run. An environment in which we can release creativity and worship creatively. The Sunday evening before Christmas, where we had Julia dancing and Kamiji with her spoken word. It was just great. It really thrilled my heart just to see those skills being released. You know, I really feel that creativity and the creative arts, music and the creative arts, has an ability to connect with people's hearts in a way that the spoken word can't. The spoken word is powerful. But so are those things. I believe God's locked power inside of those things to actually connect with people's hearts and to release his kingdom. And as we see those things more and more throughout Eastgate being released, we get to see more of his kingdom come. I believe we'll also get to see more lives changed and more of the lost coming in as we begin to connect with their heart language. And we begin to connect with what's going on inside of them so it's it's great seeing that and again i just encourage you let's press in for more let's press in for more uh, when it comes to creativity i'd love to see more art going on in this environment you know if you're an artist um, even if you're not 
Steph had an idea earlier for perhaps how we can release, um, release that more into this environment. But, you know, art in worship, you know, seeing more of that happening. Um, and if you've got other ways, other ideas for releasing creativity, uh, then let us know. Because I believe it's something that God uh, is on and that he's wanting to pour out in this environment. And we also want to build community and enjoy cake. Uh, but we want to build community. I think Joaquin Evans says it best when he says we don't just want a moment, we want momentum. We don't just want a moment, we want to build momentum. And I love great meetings, I love encountering God. I love those moments, I cherish those moments. But actually if they remain a moment and don't become momentum, then you haven't actually stewarded and invested the thing that God gave you. He gives seeds. He gives seeds for us to plant and to see a great harvest. He's a great investor. He loves to invest. So whenever he encounters you and he releases things to you, whenever you have those moments, whenever we have those corporate moments in worship, actually it's that we would steward and invest those things and see a harvest come from them. And one of the ways that we do that is, is in community and through community. God hasn't made this so that we do do it alone. Just come and go. But actually he wants us to be connected. We're a body joined together. In Peter it says that we're a spiritual house that's being built together. We need one another. We need one another's giftings. We need one another's insights. We need one another's love. We get to be connected. We get to be family together. I just want to encourage you, you know, we, we don't just want to put on a meeting. We want to build a community. Through all, all that we're doing here, we want to build a community. A community that's pursuing him together and that's a resting place for his presence and his power. So I'd encourage you to make that a priority uh, when you're here with us. Connecting with people, connecting with one another. And Tracy and the team do a fantastic job every week with their the cake that they provide week in, week out. And that's provided a great opportunity for people to connect. I know that Tracy is looking for a few more people to join her team. So if you've got a heart for that, please speak to Tracy afterwards. You don't have to bake. Uh, you can buy. Um, but it's a great way of building community. And I just encourage you as well, just look out for people that you don't know. We get a lot of visitors coming through week by week uh, to our evening uh, meeting. So look out for those that you've not met before. That part of taking risk for you might be stepping out and saying hi to somebody that you don't know. That might be risk for you. But actually, it's going to take a team effort building community. It's not just going to be one or two individuals. We want to build community together. And equally, if you're visiting, you know, I know we have a number of people who uh, love, you know, the part of a church on a Sunday morning and they love to come here in the evening uh, and connect with us and experience what's going on here and then take it back uh, to where they are. And we love that. But I'd encourage you to connect uh, with folks who are part of Eastgate on the Sunday evening, Sunday morning. You know, connect with us. Uh, you get to draw from our strength and we get to draw uh, from yours. And you get to be built together with us. So I encourage you, if you're visiting, again, make time for the connection uh, and get to know us, get to know folks who are here. We've also got the connection group 
uh, leaflets out this evening. Uh, they're on your chairs. And again, great way to just find your way in to Eastgate. Look down the list, uh, find something that appeals to you, uh, and go and be part of it. They run for 10 weeks, uh, some of them fortnightly, some of them weekly. But there's something there, hopefully for everybody. Uh, again, a way of finding your way in. You know, across our three meetings, uh, we've got 600 adults, something like that, and about 150, 200 children. So it's a large environment. It might be at first you, you're thinking, where's my place here? How do I get connected? Well, that's a great way to do it. Uh, joining a team is another way. We, we have lots of teams running. Uh, on Sunday evenings, we've got our welcome and uh, stewarding teams who do a great job every week. Uh, the cake team, you know, join one of the teams and get to know people uh, that way. It's a great way to do it. But we want to build community. We don't just want to build a meeting. So that's what we're doing. That's what we're coming for. And uh, I think it was early last year, Pete was talking about Noah building the ark. And how did Noah build the ark? Every day he went out and he got wood and he hammered in his nails. And he did it faithfully day by day by day and he built an ark. And that's what we're doing. Week by week, we're building. Week by week, we're building. Day by day. The things you're doing in private are building. The things we do as we gather together are building. And we're building a dwelling place for the presence of God. We're building a portal for his presence. That we get to see heaven on earth here and in the surrounding region. So we're going to come back and worship again now. I'm going to ask the worship band uh, to come up. And I want to just encourage you. Let's, let's do that. Let's do what I've been talking about. Let's go on that united pursuit for his presence. Let's come and encounter him. Let's come and see what he's going to do. Step out. Do something you've not done before. Take risk. And if you're sensing what God's doing, come and share it with Steph or Pete and I. And let's press in for more of what he's got for us and more of what he's doing in this environment. I'll hand back to Jeremy and the team and they're going to take us on. Thank you.